talent, work ethic, network, infrastructure, but the last one is timing. And that's the only one that's really beyond your control. Bro, that is like the peak. That is <laughs> yeah. so the tip. Yeah. It's like, it is out of your control. It's the, it's the, the biggest, it is the biggest piece of the puzzle. Killer Killer Podcast. Killer Killer Official Killer Killer Podcast Live Show. Step into the live and dangerous world of music and street culture's number one magazine platform, The Killer Keller Podcast Live Show. Special guests alongside performances, news, reviews, profile pieces to a live studio audience. Your monthly live stream is here. Hit Facebook page Killer Keller Official. THTC, the UK's leading ethical streetwear label. Organically grown and ethically built garments from hemp, organic cotton and other sustainable materials. 2019 is their 20th anniversary year. Join me with THTC as a Killer Keller podcast sponsor celebrating music, social activism, hemp and street culture. THTC, eco-fashion redefined since 1999. Beatbox created. Killer Keller. And we here to talk about world music and street culture. Ladies and gentlemen, we're on now. Look who I've got here. It's Killer Keller Podcast coming to you live and direct. Central London, essential as you need to be. All right, subscribe, like, share. Big shout to our people's graffiti kings. And yeah, you guessed it. A, a, a guaranteed artist that delivers and you can rely and trust upon. It's a man sitting next to me right now. If you're listening, if you're watching, this is Tommy Evans. How you doing, sir? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I feel very content and peaceful in my uh, mint tea, so thank you. You're at peace. Yeah, you've made it very hospitable and calm. Yeah, so <laughs> with, with all the beautiful yeah. decorative... I'm feeling it, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not your first time, man. Dear, it's not. It? I know. I can't feign it. It's, uh, no, but it's good to be back. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for having me. So you did comment on it, on having a homely, welcoming environment. Yeah, definitely. And it's very personal to you as well. I love how there's all this sort of, uh, you know, paraphernalia from your creative journey. <laughs> and, you know, it spreads that ambiance and vibe. So yeah, man, there's a lot of history here. Mm. There's a lot of history, bro. Like, I mean, at the time you were here was for the live performance. For That's the right, yeah. Show. yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah many of them and many of parties and many of, yeah. I mean, I think that that makes uh, not only a place you live, but um, but to have, it's it's what you uh, you put out there. Mm, it's, completely. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. No, you really, you really get that here, man. Mm. I love, I love your little picky over there, Lemmy Motorhead. Yeah, I mean, for, for, you guys definitely wouldn't have ever seen this, but to to to, to, to my right, um, it, to my left, your right is uh, a picture of uh, Motorhead because I'm a big Motorhead fan. But that picture is there because it was photograph photograph just down the road wow there. yeah they used to live down there no way mm, they used to live down there right i didn't know that. some madness some madness deep, deep, deep. yeah it's all deep that's the music world isn't it like uh especially when you're in a city the the, the dna of music yeah definitely there's a lot of uh overlapping venn diagrams remember that from maths at school Ooh, venn <laughs> a virtual Venn diagram to so those overlapping concentric circles of proximity and people intersecting and all that sort of stuff. So yes, you know that whole thing of like six degrees of separation. I think in the music game, it's like one a degree or two uh, yeah, degrees. Yeah, yeah. So. And then then social media comes in. It's like yeah, zero it's like just DM them, man. Yeah, completely. <laughs> that, uh, I think from my time in academia, right, it's called space time compression. Uh, uh, ooh, elaborate. So. Um, yeah, basically, amongst other things, I have a PhD. <laughs> hey, listen, bro, like, uh, you know, we're going to get into some business right now because the lyrics, I mean, you can always, he's waxing lyrical. This, is, <laughs> this isn't just, a, this is not, a, this is a normal day, everyone. This is, this is Tommy. Um, explain. Yeah, so. How uh, did you get that? Well, well, to quote myself uh, in my song, to Sensei's with Broken Pen, I've got, like, I've got a PhD in linguistics, no metaphors, don't get it twisted. So it's a very rapper sort of thing to say, yo, I got a PhD in language, you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> I actually do. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that was awarded to me about a year and a bit ago. So it was a great journey, to be honest. And for Hold me on. So this was recent? 
Yeah, I was just working it out in my head. In the past two years, I got a PhD, put a book out, and an album all in the space of a two-year Get window. The fucking spuds out for that. That's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. I was mad because I was doing the book and the PhD concurrently. So I was writing my thesis. I'd do like an hour and then I'd switch over to the book. No, no, that's no mean forth. feat, bro. That is a, a lot of... Yeah. Whoa. Whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. That's, that's time management. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, we were sort of alluding to that before we came on camera, you know, like doing what we do, you know, in 2020, you know, you can't just be an artist. You don't have that, oh, I just want to create, <laughs> you know, you have to be your own brand manager, your own cinematographer, your own graphic designer, your yeah. own agent, your for own real. PR manager, etc. So, um, yeah, for me, I just love language. I love creativity. I, lo I love expression. And I see it all as one continuum of creativity. Mm. Um, so when... I set myself that goal of doing the PhD. Um, yeah, just I immersed myself completely in it. Um, and surprisingly, and this did take me by surprise, there's many an overlap between the world of academia and the music industry, believe it or not. For real, you think? Yeah, because they're both, you know, their own sort of industries in their own right. So they have their own issues of personalities, politics, privilege, power, etc. So, you know there's certain rules that govern those domains and again, certain, certain social networks and cultural capital, and, you know, there's money behind, you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. it works like that. And ironically, it actually manifested literally. So I did a bunch of research at Cambridge university, actually. Right. My first academic paper was published through Cambridge university. And whilst I was doing work with them, I met a guy who used to be so solid A and R. So he worked for Independiente. Yeah, of course. Um, and so we clicked because I worked with Martina Topley Bird, who obviously worked with Tricky, yeah. um, sang with Massive Attack um, on their tours and whatnot. So obviously he knew Martina from his time at Independiente, yeah. working with Soul Solid. So we were just sort of going back and forth about, you know, that whole sort of epoch and whatnot. In what um, setting did you meet them? Was it in the, the, during the course? Um, no, that was actually at Cambridge University. So um, I was studying in London, but then just doing what I do, you sort of you know have that network, you mm. make connections, stuff. So I got involved in a research project in Cambridge, and it just so happened that this guy had a background in the music industry. Comes like myself, six degrees so. of separation again, yeah, like, completely. Yeah. So um, yeah, it was just deep. But he, you know, he'd gone like on a completely different trajectory and tangent, but. You know, there's a lot of transferable skills. And for me, at the end of the day, it's all about communication. So yeah. you're trying to express an idea to an audience in a way that is most impactful. So whether it's a, you know, a scholastic academic crowd, yeah. uh, you have to know how to convey your words, your ideas, your opinions to that demographic. Mm. Just as, you know, when we're performing to a different audience, then, you know, how do we want our message to yeah. be most impactful? So there's a lot of um, similar skill sets that underpin the industries that we Which you can transfer. Yeah. And Ben uh, Bailey-Smith said a very similar thing. Mm. You know, there's a lot of things like, he, 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 in the times that he's been on his he's been on yeah, a couple of times now, and yeah, yeah. There's, there's this undertone of, had it not been for his coming up within the music rap yeah, scene, yeah. some of those disciplines that we were just practicing for fun as kids mm. suddenly get implemented in a whole different way yeah 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 completely. and you realize that these are actual fundamental set skills of just yeah getting by there yeah life skills yeah 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 definitely it's funny actually because we actually worked together on a youth project years ago so <laughs> we also have a connection outside of rap and music and stuff that's in terms of, sick yeah it was awesome man awesome project man just supporting um young people and children from refugee backgrounds so um yeah he's someone who you know mm. you know there's a lot of people that can talk the top but he walks a walk in terms of mm. he's done a lot of mm. good for the community behind the scenes um those are my favorite friendships when you meet people that are off that you meet through music yeah, but yeah. actually you you really like celebrate like developing as friends in there the, you go you know that, that yeah definitely world. man you have that you, know, you gel outside of the yeah. industry sphere and whatnot yeah. um but yeah i totally relate to what he's saying i mean just as we we're alluding to before we came on camera you know like as an independent artist i'm not just making music i'm handling so many other areas mm. of the output as well so you know i saw in new year 2020 by you know i was working on a video editing it and then also doing the design for a single art as well so you know those skills that i learned in my first degree <laughs> humble brag or not so humble brag um <laughs> so yeah I have, I have, i'm from a you know, family of artists basically yeah. um so my first degree was in visual communication 
which is a euphemism for graphic design. Mm. So, you know, a lot of those skills, you know, I still use to this day, yeah. even though I'm not necessarily traversing the art industry, you know, yeah. Saatchi and Saatchi, all that yeah, sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, but yeah. there's so much that you can take and apply wherever you are. So, like I said, life skills. Life skills, for yeah. real. It's all positive. Yeah, yeah. It's all vibes. Yeah. Um, the amount of work that you put in... Mm. Uh, Sure, you you more than anyone can relate to this because of all the educational like journeys you've taken. Yeah, yeah. The work rate on paper is like oh shit, but over a course, and this mm. is why I think education is fundamental. You develop a tolerance and a thick skin. Yeah, as definitely. the journey works. Definitely. And Do you know what? That's why I call my album Anti Fragile. <laughs> so that's what I'm alluding to there. That stoicism. Stoicism. Yeah. <laughs> that's the first time this has been said on oh, fucking podcast. Come on. Um, or grit to quote Angela Duckworth. So it's that quality of resilience. Um, and yeah. I think as you mature and become more comfortable in yourself, uh, you're more adept at handling you know, these challenges that life throws at you. So definitely mm. things that maybe at the start of my journey in the music industry, I found challenging. Now, it doesn't mean I find it to be hard work. I have to work hard. So when you say it's hard work, this sounds like there's a begrudging element to it. For real, yeah. But I when you, you work hard, you accept there is going to be a certain level of exertion, but you face it head on, apply yourself diligently, get the job done and deliver. So we work hard to put our creativity out there. I love that wordplay you just threw then. And you know, sort of my craft, you know. For a minute there, you know what I mean? We were just, we were just gassing, but the truth is, for those of you who don't know, like, this guy beside me, he, I've known for a long time, yeah. Tommy, you know, and, you know, you come up from the ranks of a, of a heritage and um, still with, with a, a high degree of relevance. The, 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 the lyricism that you play on I mean, I guess it's coined alternative rap nowadays. Yeah, right? I guess people, people, I mean, the whole thing with labels is fascinating because I think as artists, we're less fussy about labeling our output. Even more so nowadays, for real. Yeah, there's a lot more like, you know, overlap and bricolage, et cetera. But I think for audiences and media, I can understand the utility in labeling things. So there is a purpose to it. It makes it maybe simpler for people to consume. But yeah, I think. In today's climate, what I do would be labeled alternative rap, alternative hip hop, mm -hmm. um, and I don't take that as a bad thing. It's, you know, if that's what as a oh, functionality right. to it. It's a great, there's that's a great fine. paddock to be like at the moment. Yeah, I mean, um, um, but yeah, for me, it's just like I said, it's all one continuum of creativity. So whether I'm doing graphic design, uh, you know, producing videos, making music, writing a book, mm. academia. It all intersects, it all overlaps. So for me, it's just a form of expression. I have this energy inside which I have to get out somehow, some way. So, mm. yeah. Have you had an IQ Q test? Um, I haven't, actually. I don't think I'd score particularly high because I'm not very good at practical things. So, for instance, whilst I found my PhD easy, my driving test... <laughs> <laughs> That, however, I found very difficult. I won't say how many attempts it took, but it was more than one. Absolutely. Well, you know, funny you say that. I mean, I won't say any names. A friend of mine I was talking to him the other day, and he'd been like depressed for ages, mm. and he didn't. He kind of. It's been a lifelong struggle of his. He's depressed. So, and out of the blue, his doctor was like, "Have you ever had an IQ test?" Oh, okay, dude. Right, for real. It's like they he surpassed to the point right, that apparently right. there is a level in. Um, that, that is associated with depression of being of over hiking. Uh, yeah, I've I've heard I've heard of this. I think um, there is some statistics I've seen somewhere, or I can't recall them immediately to my head, that talks about uh, the prevalence of mental health issues amongst postgraduate researchers, basically PhD candidates, mm -hmm. because of the demands of that level of study. Um, mm. So yeah, I, I can yeah I can really yeah. uh, believe that it's really deep. I would imagine there's a Goldilocks zone of like um, just being you know the common sense, the high IQ, a good solid mm. high IQ, um, and uh, yeah the athleticism to go. Yeah, I would imagine <laughs> this is like a real Goldilocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm probably working on the latter one a bit more. <laughs> Dude, have you? There's also this chess player. I forget his name. It's like young gun chess player, like the the Tiger Woods of chess. Okay, Fuck, I'm gonna get comments now, but I can't remember the name of him but um my trip you know my boy trip mc yeah 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 yeah. he hit me up the other day and he was telling me about this cat and uh the levels chess from an intellectual point mm, of view mm, mm. i had no idea that there was like different 
Well, I knew there were different moves, but yeah, I didn't yeah. know there was like over a billion. Wow, that's crazy. I'm I'm still getting to grips with drafts, you know. <laughs> the chess is a bit beyond me, but yeah, I mean, but like there's wow. tons of crazy intelligent people out there, and you, you know, do you think that like a game that's for decades and decades and decades old, you know? Mm. I mean, you know, unlocking four chords on yeah, on a guitar yeah. is one thing, but you know, when you're unlocking the mind, and, yeah, yeah, you know, and I guess that plays in a similar way with lyricism. Yeah, definitely. For me, it's a mathematical <clears throat> puzzle. So there's mm a science behind the art, a grip behind the glitz. And when I'm constructing bars, I'm thinking of syllables. How many syllables can I fit into a line? So depending on the tempo, I know, right, I can fit like 10 syllables or is it 12 or eight? You know? mm. And so that really determines the, the placement of the words and mm. how you articulate things so yeah there's a real science to the art and i love the intellectual stimulation mm. for instance i've been working on a tune for like the past few days and just literally just playing it over and over and working out the lines that be at the gym and so i like i do a lot of multitasking we're talking about time management mm. um i do a lot of rehearsing of my music in the gym so i'll be on the pedal bike or lifting weights that's a Boss idea. That is such a good idea. Yeah, for me, like my time is so precious. It mm. really is that like, I have to, you know, extract the most utility out of every single second mm. of the day. So, you know, I love my two favorite places to be at the studio and the gym. Mm -hmm. um, so I think I've yielded more success in the studio, but that. <laughs> more Come visible on, returns against. But um, still multitasking, badass. We try, we on. try. But yeah, you know, I'll be on like the bike or lifting the weights, and like yeah, just like rehearsing lines over and over, or even writing them. You know, I mean, I have my phone writing while I'm on the bike and five, stuff. Five, so five, five, five. whatever it takes to get you know the artistry out there. But yeah, there's a definite, definite mathematical component to music. Are you familiar with the ten thousand hour rule? Yeah, I get scrutinised for bringing that as like a uh, you know as a um, as a term as a thing. Mm. I mean, because I don't know the back end of it, but I, yeah, yeah. I I have my theory that I think is correct when I say it. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? yeah. Because it discusses chess. So the ten thousand hour rule is uh, a heuristic popularised by Malcolm Gladwell. That was the one. Yeah. Um, and in his book Outliers, so he presents this thesis in which. The premise is that to achieve mastery of a discipline, you have to insert 10,000 hours of practice, which equates to 10 years. But he took the idea from, a, I think he's Danish researcher called Anders Ericsson, yeah. uh, who spent about three decades on deliberate practice. That's his sort of area of focus. Um, so, yeah, Gladwell cites, you know, all these different disciplines in terms of, Ever providing evidence for this rule, for this hypothesis. Mm. But one of the areas is um, chess. I think uh, he talks about the Beatles a lot as well. Um, so like, they like, played live for many years, honing their skills, and they would perform for like eight, nine hours at a time in these clubs in Germany. Yeah. So it meant by the time they were releasing Sgt. Peppers and Revolver and those sorts of albums where they were very experimental. They were on the, they were peak. They were exactly, the they put in their 10,000 practice mm. hours. Um so they're seeing like the fruits of the return. Anders Ericsson talks about as well how um, in families where there are siblings applying themselves in the same discipline, the younger sibling tends to fare well the most because they can benefit from the expertise of their older peers and brothers and sisters. So he talks about Mozart. And Mozart, you know, there's this whole sort of mythology about like he was a child prodigy but it's often neglected his dad was a musician. And his dad, well, not exactly a fell musician, but obviously didn't reach the heights that Mozart did, mm. but obviously sort of lived vicariously through Mozart. But also Mozart had sisters as well, I believe, who were musicians. Older or younger? Older, I think. Mm. So I think he imbibed a lot of those skills. It's in Anders Ericsson's book, Peaks. So I recommend it. If I, you know, I apologize if I'm not quoted it correctly, but the other one, he's, another example he cites, are the Williams sisters. Venus and Serena. So again, they picked up the tennis rackets at a young age mm. and both were amazing. But the one who achieved like goat status is Serena and she's the younger sister. So she benefited not just from the expertise of her dad coaching her, but from her sister Venus That's as well. That's so sick. Yeah. Right, deep. now that totally <laughs> answers so many of my questions. Here's the thing though, because um, all that being said, th these are these are a handful of an anomalies, you know, yeah, like yeah. Mozart, the Beatles, the Williams sisters. Yeah, yeah. These are these are um, actually when you think about it, these 
I guess the equivocal in music is your, your Ed Sheeran's, your, your mm, Dells, and your mm. you know your Stormzy's and your, yeah, yeah. you know your Pharrells. We we focus on those things, um, but also I think what those people have uh, are there's this sort of again there's this sweet spot mm. where just some planets are aligning to make these wonder humans, and it's just yeah, yeah, yeah. everything is just so naturally positioned you know yeah, yeah. like yeah she's the old younger sister the the family of and the collective of it's mm-hmm. there's so many these variables when they suddenly fall in line yeah, it's definitely. you know but we do hang on to these these um these hand few you know these the, 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 the chosen few of yeah, people the that, outliers yeah. i guess you could say um when when the, 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 what's faced in front of us or is actually like you know a, a rocky road of a lot of corpses yeah, yeah. you know what i mean and we just gotta as artists we we do see the long road and, yeah yeah completely. but we do hang on these we hang on these it's chosen so few, easy we? to is it and it's many i guess it's intuitive and natural that you know you see jay-z and beyond saying like they're so the exception to the rule yeah but because they're so salient and visible and foregrounded, you can like sort of like yes. focus in, zone, zone in on them. I mean, I've you know, read some mad stats. I think from PRS it was talking about, I don't know how up to date this this information is, but you know, the average amount of payout for artists is like, you know, like two grand or five grand, you know what mm. I mean? In terms of the majority of their members, mm. and they've got hundreds of thousands of members in terms of royalties. And even I think today I was looking at in terms of Spotify streams, like the average amount of Spotify streams that an artist still get in a year is like 5,000 or something. Mm. Like, if you look at, you know, if you yeah. take all of the people that are uploading yeah. music to Spotify, but I think we're naturally drawn in like muffs to candles to those that are burning the most brightest. Yeah. And um, I suppose all you can do is try and, apply yourself so you get as close to that sweet spot as you said but you're a very um malleable uh it's, it's in delegation you you know you you you're you have a, your hands in all sorts of things. yeah 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 like definitely. when it when it comes to like having that tunnel vision of thinking that oh you know i'm gonna be a music uh that's gonna be my career. I'm gonna be a star, and you know, Spotify is gonna help aid that. You know, what I mean, <laughs> you know, it ain't the one. You have to, you have to be able to, you know, yeah, yeah, do other things. Yeah, definitely. Especially in 2020. I mean, like the old models are sort of like very uh, antiquated now. So, yeah, you know, as we said, you're handling so many other areas aside from the music. The music, in a way, almost becomes the smallest component of yeah. what you do. Which on you know one level is maybe a shame, but it's the reality, and you have to be pragmatic mm-hmm. about it and think, all right, you just have to do what it takes to get out there. And um, now obviously you know we'd all like those five nil victories to use a football metaphor, mm. but as I was saying to an artist the other day, a lot of time it might just be getting those functional one nil results that win you the league. They're not yeah. glamorous, but you just play solid, steady, yeah. and in the long term it pays off. Playing um, the long game. Definitely, definitely. Mm. But again, I think for maybe younger artists and creatives who have grown up only in the social media age, mm. that imagery is so salient and powerful and alluring that you see the end yeah. results and you see peers who are in your same age. You're like, I went to school with that person. They're on this amount of followers. They must be getting paid. Mm. And necessarily not, not necessarily privy to what's going on behind the scenes. So you're very enamored by the external when you know, you really don't know what's going on internally and, you know, the hardship that that individual has endured to get to that mm. point. So, But these endurances, like, they're, they're not seen either. It's like mm. they're chosen pictures, they're chosen. They're yeah. chosen by design to make you, sh- to show opulence. That they, know, they, don't, they don't have any problem. There's no problem behind this curtain. Yeah, you know I mean, it's like, yeah, yeah. so... Everyone's got yeah, something yeah. they're dealing with. And it's fed. It's fed to people, and then people. Uh, it's like a weird cycle of yeah. like kids want to be that, they become that, they copy that, and then they, there's another one, and then there's another. It just goes round like a conveyor belt, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's funny. And to have the courage to maybe do something a bit different. Mm. I mean, look at what JME did recently in terms of like just releasing his album in physical format. Yeah. I was like, wow, that, that takes a lot of courage and conviction in what you mm. do. Um, uh, that was just it was so sweet. Yeah, and it's. Um, I don't think he was on a mission to revive any sort of like mm, hard copy. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, I just kind of really valued the morals of it. Yeah, I've, 
I thought it was an audacious I mean, mm. hats off I mean but I mean you know as he says in some integrity that Sanu's always been very committed to the craft and whatnot mm. and I'm going to throw in another one that's very topical mm. um, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle man like obviously they're taking their step away from the royal family mm. I mean it's a very different domain to what we're doing although I haven't met Prince Harry but that's another story um, <laughs> he was a very very cool humble guy actually. was he? yeah 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 had some really good banter with him um, you know um, Trev from um, Big Trev yeah, yeah like he's always hanging around with Prince really? Harry right look at that right? <laughs> like, don't know but you get a gauge of a person. Yeah, yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, and you, he's, I reckon he's a pretty no, nice No, no, definitely. Dude, do you yeah. know what? It's interesting because um, obviously we live in West London and whatnot. So uh, and we bring up the story of um, Prince Harry and, uh, and Meghan. Obviously, they're taking their you know, courageous leap away from the royal family. Yeah. Like, I'm not, like two days ago, Meghan Markle was you know, visiting the community. No one, like, no one knows about that in the news, you know what I mean? Mm. But they've both been doing a lot of support for people from the Grenfell community behind the scenes over the years, you know? Yeah, that's amazing. So, yeah, that's fucking great. You know, I mean, like, yeah. there's there's that external that people say you genuinely don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but because I live in that locality, mm -hmm. I'm privy to one or two things mm -hmm. anyway. Um, but yeah, I think all you could do is just try and, you know, know what it is that you want out of life and just apply yourself diligently to get it. And, um, now I have this inverse pyramid theory. So um, you're talking about timing a moment ago. Mm. So the bottom is talent. Uh, it should be the top thing, but the bottom thing is talent. Then it's your work ethic. Mm. Then it's your network. Then it's infrastructure. And I think the infrastructure element has evolved because of social media and technology. You know, before there were certain gatekeepers and institutions you had to go through mm. to reach an audience, whether it was a publishing house, if you've got a book. Yeah. I self-published right um or you know maybe it's a university institution or maybe it's a record label but obviously a lot of people doing stuff independently yeah. now and yeah, yeah. because you've those barriers those gatekeeper gatekeepers that old order sort of being dismantled slowly and surely mm. um and so yeah so uh, talent work ethic network infrastructure but the last one is timing and that's the only one that's really beyond your control bro that is like the peak that is <laughs> yeah. so the tip yeah it's like it is out of your control it's the it's the Biggest, it is the biggest piece of the puzzle by anyone's. Yeah. You know, you're thugging it out and you're pushing, you're pushing. Do you think that's what keeps people going? You know, for the long game, is like, I think in the back of our minds, we know timing is essential. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we've got that in abundance. Mm -hmm. So why don't we just keep on going until we find that timing? Mm hmm. And it comes together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. we're we're optimists as well. So you think yeah. you know, it, whatever it is, will happen. I mean, we were talking about Grime Grant earlier. Like she's had a moment. She's eighty. <laughs> you know what I mean? So You're it's doing not, it's true. <laughs> it's incredible. So it's not how you start the race; it's how you finish it. For real, I um, love that. That's such a great example. Yeah. For those you don't know, out of town, uh, Grime Grant. Just check it out online. It's amazing, um, dude. Oh, when did it all begin for you? Oh, wow. I think a lot of my passion for creativity comes really from my mum. So I grew up in a house surrounded by books and records. Like My mum has got some legendary stories, man. Like my mum met Jimi Hendrix. What? Yeah, she met Jimi Hendrix. She, he was what? Yeah. Like he was performing in um, Chester. That's where my mum used to live. And her friends were the supporting act. So she went to the concert. And um, they were like, do you want to meet Jimmy? And she was like, yeah, yeah. So they took him, took my mum to like his caravan that he was in. Mad. And like, yeah, he was basically there in a very clouded room, shall we say, with uh, slightly underdressed ladies doing his hair and nails, just going, yeah. But yeah, she's got his autograph to this day. And uh, she met wow. the Rolling Stones. She saw uh, Ike and Tina. Was this like going around with the band that was supporting? Is no, I think she was just like super a fan. Yes, yeah, super fan just went to just bare concerts and stuff. Like, and it was a time where they weren't as successful. Yeah, could you? You know what I mean? Up, you yeah. can have the access and whatnot. Mm. She saw like Ike and Tina Turner in a Roman amphitheater in the south of France. Saw Stevie Wonder when he was little Stevie Wonder. My mum had like a signed copy of Shabba Ranks' album and all this sort of stuff. My mum even got me a copy of Ice Cube's death certificate. <laughs> what signed no no if only no but it was from a wormate but like 
that shows the commitment to wanting yeah, to yeah. get you kind of on board with inducted the music into the world iron like mm. yeah quite politicized as well you know well, I mean? certainly so, well, well actually was one of my favorite albums yeah yeah incredible man um so yeah you know it was uh, and even like when she was uh she was pregnant when my brother went to see uh bob marley and the whalers yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, she was deep, deep in all of that. So I've sort of grown up in that environment and stuff. And, yeah, I love literature as well, which is maybe, you know, where I have that passion for the wordplay and music. And... Was your mum uh, academic? Was she into literature um, and things like that? So um, my mum's um, was a teacher. Teacher, yeah, yeah. I'm actually seeing her tomorrow. <laughs> it's her birthday, so I was just on the phone to her earlier, actually. There you go. Uh, coming down for something from Leeds originally. Um, I would say happy birthday, but by the time she gets this, it's going to yeah, be yeah. Fucking, you know, your birthday yeah, in yeah. a couple of weeks. Yeah, happy birthday. Very happy, happy, uh, belated, <laughs> happy belated birthday, Miles. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, I, I've I've been very fortunate in that front in that I've had that head start in life where, you mm. know, I've grown up in an environment where learning and languages. You know, respected and valorized. So even when I was doing my PhD, even like when my book, my mom was an editor on the book. Did you proofread? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh <laughs> my god. Times, yeah. You know so. what? Those, those kind of people that can do that and like really, those are the, that that shit's priceless in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, completely, completely. It's, in academia, we call it a critical friend. So mm. yeah, I mean, literally, she read like my PhD thesis and my book. OG and the OG. thing with the book as well, <laughs> triple OG, <laughs> triple OG. The book I've sort of adapted into my album Anti Fragile, which I released in November last year, and I'm still adapting the book because there's so many like, it's mm. like 24 poems in there. But the architecture of the the poems is very much grounded in rap, so multi syllable sensibilities. Oh my god! Um, so yeah, the projects I'm working on at the moment are still adapted. So there's a lot of content that I can repurpose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. Have you got? Are you going to audio? That's a great question, actually. Um, you, sh- you should definitely. Yeah, do that. yeah. It's funny. I was actually considering that. Um, when does it become an album, though? When does an audiobook that's about poems become an album? Yeah. That's, <laughs> like, a, that's sort of a great area, isn't it? I kind of like it. Yeah, it makes I me think like of that uh, William Shatner album. What was it called? The, the, yeah, bro. The Discombambulated <laughs> Man or something. That's it. That was a landmark. I loved yeah, that. Big up Bill Shatner. <laughs> oh, God! <laughs> 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 Oh gosh. Um, he's actually got a show quite soon actually in Londinium. So they're showing the Wrath of Khan and then he's got like a QA after, so he's just become this institution of yeah, just yeah. awesome kitchen cool. Yeah. This is mad. But I rate you because like dude is in his eighties and he's still doing it. I went to yeah. see um Tony Bennett perform last year How at the Royal that? Albert Hall. Wow. And dude like, like he was ninety two, so was, like, he was almost ninety three. So for me I was like that longevity that you can be doing what you what you love over like multiple decades mm. and you're performing, you've sold it out over two nights, like yeah. 5,000 people a night and stuff. But the, you know, like you've got all different age ranges there. Yeah. That's beautiful. See, I, I tell you who I love as well, David Attenborough. Again, someone who just has got that passion for his craft and I think it's just got better and better yeah. with age and is Arguably, at his most impactful and dude is like dude. That's what I'm saying. Like we're talking about Lemmy, you know. It's yeah, like, yeah. There seems to be this some um, swing. Um, people, you know, the trends come around, and people, they, they, yeah, things come in fashion, and and you know the amount of people. I mean, Tony Bennett, man. I mean, he must he must be in his like fourth summer now. <laughs> like yeah, he's, incredible. He's killing. And and people, it's amazing when you see people live that long to 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 surpass and go through their next trend they, yeah yeah they, they they become right the right fit again mm-hmm. um yeah like do you feel like um with someone like tony bennett and david attenborough that it's not just their longevity is based on the love that they are given oh uh, yeah do you know definitely, what I mean? definitely definitely the not. energy that yeah that yeah people put into them they love them so much definitely. it's a bit like um david jason mm. people love him so much <laughs> David, Jason. that's for those who don't know. David Jason is our towners, but yeah. But I think you know those characters we've described—they've all given out something special to the world as well. So mm. it's a two-way process. If you're giving out that positive energy and that love, and you know people can see your sincerity, your craft, mm. then you know as the stars align, you know, God's plan, then you know mm. people do come to you. I think whatever level you're doing that, you know, if you could have longevity and pursue your passion and do it you know, not just for like five minutes or 15 minutes of fame, but you'll do it five, 10, 15 years. Mm. 
that's an incredible achievement because there's so many people that preceded us who, you know, burnt brightly. And, you know, I was thinking about, uh, I was like, what was I looking at earlier on today? I was, that sort of picture of um, Tupac and uh, who was it? It was Prodigy. Actually, it was from Prodigy's audio book. And, you know, you know, God bless, bless their souls, man. Both of them. Yeah, but, but, yeah. I mean, Tupac was young when he was like 25. Yeah. But what he crammed into those like five or six years of productivity is incredible. Incredible. Um, but obviously, I mean, it's so tragic, you know, that he, mm. he passed away at such a, a young age. Can you but, imagine um, what he'd be now? I've just... <sighs> I, I think he'd be so political and just like be that like wiser, yeah. older head. You know, he'd be a like, problem. <laughs> I think he'd be a problem. Oh, yeah. Completely, <laughs> completely, completely. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just, and, and people, I think people often forget how young him and, he and Biggie were. Like, Biggie was like 23 when he was killed. Like, Hold on, 23? 23, yeah. Oh, my 23, God. Yeah. That's yeah. so young, man. It's What's so tragic. Yeah, tragic. Um, I mean, oh, mate, that's terrible, isn't it? I mean, these two characters, to even pair them up into an incident that occurred, it's like, these are two very, very different, mm. different things. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. People always, people always say the usual shit, like Big or Tupac and things like that. But it's like, no, no. You, that, I appreciate both of them. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's hard. You can't even put them in the same thing. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because it's the same thing when you know, I, I like to use sports analogies. So, you know, people in football, Messi, Ronaldo, who's just, just, appreciate both of them for totally. that. take the lessons from it Federer versus Nadal like all these guys I find so inspirational in terms of the commitment to craft obviously it's different to what we're doing but some of the principles are still there in terms of discipline mm. focus loving what you do that professionalism mm. element so yeah in fact it's funny actually I remember reading Nadal's biography and he was talking about the Wimbledon final which he played Federer it was their third final together it was the first one Nadal won mm. And on the morning of that final in 2008, um, he was there with his coach. He's like, look, I'm injured, man. Like, I don't think I could do this. Mm. You know, my legs are aching. I don't want to go out there. And his coach was saying, look, let's just go on the court, practice a little bit, see if it loosens you up and mm. stuff. They did it and he still wasn't feeling great. But he's like, look, you know, we could either just like give up now, but all you've worked for for this moment It'd be a loss. I just go mm -hmm. out there and try and enjoy it. And obviously, it's just like an epic battle in Nadal one in the end. Yeah, I remember this. Um, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, classic, classic tennis finals. So um, yeah. I think as artists, because it's such a spiritual experience for us, we have this notion in our head of like, we want it to be the perfect moment when we create our art. Yeah. But sometimes you don't. I was reading an interview with um, Celeste. Have you heard her music? No. No, no, no. Yeah, it's fire. <laughs> So she's incredible, man. Uh, she lives not too far from here, actually. Oh, she's a singer, rapper. Yeah, singer. She's from Brighton. Um, and she's just been uh, voted like the sound for 2020 by the BBC and all Amazing. this sort of stuff. I Ooh. think she won like a rising star at Brits last year. Yeah. She's incredible. But I was reading an interview with her today and um, she was talking about a song she's got. I think it's Strange, the song. And she was recording it in L.A., and at the time, there was a lot of smog and pollution. For some reason, she said, yeah. like, her voice was, like, mad croaky. So when she went into the studio to record the song, she delivered it in a slightly different way to how she normally would to preserve her vocal mm. cords. But it came out in such a unique way, more like sort of softly spoken, whispery sound. She was like, ah, this actually works. So, again, the circumstances weren't correct or right, but she made the most of it, and it actually yielded a greater mm. return. Yeah, Celeste, you have to check her out, man. She's, Definitely will. She's something else, man. It's mad how circumstances govern yeah. your whole, the whole thing. Um, I, I, and I liked what you were saying there about um, it's the long game, man. It's totally oh, yeah. the long 100%, game. Hundred percent. Um, it, time is a currency, and wow, that's a bit of wordplay, bro. <laughs> I like it's, the metaphors. It's, yeah, it's true though. Right? Yeah, yeah, Time's, completely. And and when when we look at things from a you know, an iPhone point of view from a mm. social media point of view and you see things, you know, all the idealisms and like the, 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 the it's, it's some cases the envy of like what people are trying to put out and, you know, and promote. Mm. And like, man, like the immediacy of that makes you want to immediately yeah, yeah. respond. Um, and what are you looking at? What do you want? It's, you know, it's financially fueled. I want to get to that mm. place of it's fucking riches or whatever, you know what I mean? But but the truth is, money is is the real value. Yeah, definitely, man. The, sorry, uh, time is the real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But money value. helps as well, and I think on both fronts. So I love Van Gogh, right? And um, 
I sort of use him as a model of to do and not to do as an artist. So in terms of his, his productivity, mm. time, the amount of work he produced in like a 10-year period is, is insane. insane. Yeah, insane. so prolific. Yeah. Um, but then when it comes to the money element of it, you know, he saw one painting in his lifetime and he was subsidized by his brother, Theo, who, after Van Gogh basically killed himself age 37, his brother died, I think, a couple of years later as well. Oh, so he was like his muse. Yeah, yeah, completely. Mm. Um, so with Van Gogh, I think, you know, like, he's the, the archetypal starving artist and someone who, you know, in the long term did get the respect and love he deserved but didn't necessarily get it in his lifetime. That sort of breaks my heart a bit, mm. you know, like... Do you think Tupac had that? Did you think he was constantly fighting against something? Yeah, and for some people, I think that drives them. That they need, yeah. you know, like something to counter against. Um, I mean, yeah, he was so prolific in terms of his output. Um, yeah. I think there's a line in Blade Runner, which is my favorite film, where uh, <laughs> Rutger Hauer, uh, God bless his soul, rest in peace, who played uh, the replicant, Bay, says. Uh, the light that burns twice as bright lasts half as long isn't Rutger Hauer. It's um, the guy, his creator that plays Tyrell. Mm -hmm. So for those that aren't familiar with the film, <laughs> there's these androids, replicants, because they've got superhuman strength, intelligence, they've mm -hmm. given like this finite four-year lifespan. It's a deep film, man. Oh, it's incredible. I'm not going to lie, yeah. I've watched it a bunch of times and I'm still... It's not like it's complicated, but it's... Layered. It's layered. There's so many things you can unpick. Have you seen Blade Runner 2049? I, I have, and it's the same thing for me. Incredible. <laughs> These things are like because I think it's because it's an independent movie. Mm. It's like it was it, it was allowed to, yeah, yeah, created its own thing. Mm. Created. I mean, it's created a whole. It's so world. iconic yeah. and influential yeah. as well in terms of like the, the look of that film has shaped uh, pop culture totally. Like any like music video, you see it wants to go for that dystopian sci-fi yeah, film. Yeah. Blade Runner basically it's own it too so um that's so true man yeah. that's so true um even the Spice Girls borrowed the aesthetic of it for their song yeah uh, was it the Spice, Spice Up Your Life yeah yeah yeah, yeah the there one. you go um it's yeah. for the 90s babies out yeah, there yeah. so you know um I like it when pop culture does that mm, I do too I mean it's that whole sort of Recycle. I mean, when I was doing my um, my A levels, actually, I'm gonna take it back now. There's a poet I study called T.S. Eliot. Oh, I've heard that. Yeah, yeah, and he has a poem called "The Wasteland." And basically, for me, the technique he uses is sampling. So he uh, makes allusions to previous literary masterpieces hmm. and references them in his work. And a lot of it is layered and textured, and you might not get it immediately. And his publishers demanded that he produce notes alongside with it because it is so esoteric and you know, not necessarily easily penetrable. Um, but what he does is essentially what hip-hop musicians did, less so now in 2020 with sampling, but mm. you know, in the 70s, mm. 80s, 90s, mm. you know, you're, you know, you're recycling past creativity and repurposing it. So again, like I say, for me, I just see all these links and mm. nodes of interconnectivity. So yeah, I said my, to describe my book, I described it as a cross between T.S. Eliot's Wasteland and Jay-Z's Decoded, which might sound a bit haughty. Uh, I'm not saying I'm at the level of those two poets, but again, with Jay-Z's Decoded, he had that similar technique of notes describing his verses. So. Talk to me about the Decoded. Oh, gosh. I mean, that book for me was a really great blueprint. Mm -hmm. Jay-Z. Anyway, um, in terms of combining visuals and verbals, so... In the book, Jay-Z breaks down a lot of his classic songs, but just the layout is amazing as well. There's a lot of beautiful illustrations, photography yeah, I've there. Yeah, got it. It's, it is something, isn't um, it? And so that really inspired me when I was doing my book, uh, Medusa War Weaver in the Absence of Magic. So I didn't want it just to be like pages of verse. Mm. Um, we spent, I spent five years writing it, as I said, concurrent with the PhD. Wow. And yeah. a year doing the artwork. So I worked with two amazing artists. The cover art was done by an illustrator called Azara Amoy, who's also done the artwork for my album, Anti-Fragile. And the interior art, the design was done by um, uh, a designer called Abby Wright. Um, and we worked very closely on the, the whole design because I come from that visual background. Mm. So, I mean, they were doing the hard work, yeah. so to speak, but... I'd be constantly getting my face, oh, can you use this for, I'm like mm -hmm. really um, fussy Being about my face. Nice and tactile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I really wanted it to be a, you know, a visual experience as well in yeah. terms of the layout. Um, and, you know, I extend that philosophy to my music as well. You know, I don't want it just to sound good. 
you know, I want my art mm. to look good as well. I want, want my videos to look good, the photos to be solid. So, and again, that's something that's so, yeah, it's super important. Yeah, yeah, yeah completely, completely. Um, I mean, I don't think you can really get away with it not being that to no. that standard. And, you know, the early UK, UK hip hop days where you could put out vines, like slap mm. a sticker on it and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Not now. I was studying something the other day just about um, Spotify in terms of selections of artists for playlists and, and that has to even not just in terms of sound quality but the visual quality of the art as well um, meeting that sort of professional level so um, yeah I think with, it, with with Tommy Evans I feel like I think you your audience I think they know you and I believe that and I've always thought this there is a bit of Tommy Evans in your audience you know what I'm saying mm, mm, I feel mm, like that's really interesting I feel like you as a character yeah yeah it's it's like they there's a demographic of Tommy Evans's mm, mm. do you get what I'm saying yeah yeah what's that saying your vibe attracts your tribe so that's um, what I'm saying yeah definitely I think what you put out you know, you're going to draw that energy back. Mm. It's funny because I remember um, going to see Sully Breaks. Have you had Sully Breaks? I've heard of it. No, I've not heard of it, but he, I know that, yeah. Sully's amazing. I've done a little something with him for a future project. Anyway, nice. Um, yeah, I mean, he's an amazing spoken word artist. That's um, him, bro. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, yeah he's, he's worked with Kasabian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. Um, super, super. Dark, but he's a lovely guy. And I remember he was performing. Um, I can't remember the venue, but um, Shady had put him on. Shay, another mm, yeah. individual, amazing work. Oh, tight, Shady. Yeah, yeah, completely, and so inspirational. And she was saying, "Ah, oh, Sully's fans are so nice." So she was talking about promoting the event, and she was handing out flyers outside yeah. concerts and shows and stuff. But, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, so yeah, I'll cover. I was like, "He's a very nice guy himself," yeah. you know. I mean, so I can see why. So mm. that you know, observation you're making. There, I mean, at the end of the day, I've always tried to be true to myself. I can't pretend to be something I'm not. And I was having this conversation with Fusion, actually, outside the chip shop. <laughs> uh, and he was talking about my Turbulent Times album, the one with the serial cover and just sort of how playful and jokey it was. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah I and I was just sort of, well. yeah, we, you know, we had fun with it. Um, and, you know, I said, well, all I can do is really be me and stuff. And he's like, look, don't belittle that because there's a lot of people in this industry who pretend to be something mm -hmm. they're not. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, it's a good point. But for me, it's just so intuitive just to be myself. Yeah. And I think as you mature, you get more comfortable and confident. I was about to say that. In who you are. Yeah. You know, I've always mm -hmm. been like a bit of a geek and a, you know, a guy that likes literature. And I probably downplayed it a little bit when I was younger. Maybe I'll tell you why. It's because people, um, people uh, have got egos and they don't like it when they're being bettered. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I think as I think well... you're dealing with a small kind of yeah, pond yeah. Yeah. at the time. Yeah, definitely. But I think as well, rap and hip-hop has evolved and has become a bit more open-minded and inclusive on that front in terms yeah. of allowing different personalities to be foregrounded and come to the forefront. Mm. Um, don't get me wrong, there has to be space for the hyper-masculine element as well. Mm. And, yeah, I will consume that in yeah. equal <laughs> dosages, you know. Um, but I think, yeah, in 2020, it's definitely a lot more open in terms of being yourself. Yeah. Um, and that creates and a, a good response. Yeah. yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. You know, th there's there's a niche for everyone. And it means, you know, you can find yourself, be mm. who you are, be honest, be authentic, be your best self, mm. and other people will be drawn to that. So I went to a... Uh, this was actually a highlight of my year. Mm. I went to... Um, a Gary Newman concert. No way. Real. Wow. Uh, and dude, true to what you just said there, like his audience were like the nicest, intellectual, mm, mm, like mm. slightly Eddie-ish. Yeah, yeah. But super duper, like they, they, they were tribal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were like that. Mm. They are Newman fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just so nice to see the whole of the roundhouse completely lock up. Wow. And just, his tribe yeah. and and I tell you no shit man like when you think about his peers his contemporaries they're all you know Freddie Mercury Bowie mm, people mm. with that not many of them about George yeah, yeah. Michael I couldn't see Elton John doing what he was doing because I swear to God bro he I don't know what yoga classes he's doing mm. but he was running a, like from a distance this was like he was a 21 year old Elton John no no oh Gary, Gary Newman, Newman. Yeah. he was going crazy wow like my girlfriend turned around and asked me 
like she she couldn't believe it when I told him mm-hmm. how old he was. Yeah, yeah. It was just mad. But I think again, it's that thing. If you love what you're doing, and there is a health side, no doubt. But mm. I was reading some stats today, just in terms of like five variables that can impact upon lifespan. You know, in terms of alcohol consumption, cigarettes, food, exercise. Are those impactful? Yeah, definitely. And yeah. it was saying there was this like twenty year longitudinal study that was conducted. And it was saying that um, yeah, the impact it can add, like abstention from certain things or regulation, shall we say. Uh, in women, ten years of life for men, real? seven years, yeah, and not just length but quality of life as well in terms of you know less illness and if you do get ill, quicker recovery time, etc. Um, so oh. yeah, it's just deep, man. Like, and I think as you mature, you come to cherish health so much more. Like <laughs> it's something you take for granted a lot yeah. when you're younger. Um, well, you see people that you're, you know, you, you're, you're people you aspire to, mm. you know, people that you think are immortal. Then they start. You start seeing them falter at a reasonably early age. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely, you know definitely. I mean? uh, do you know what? It's something I, I consider a lot. And again, something as I'm mature, just in terms of people's mental health in this industry, mm. um, how people stay intact. And it's no wonder there's such a high rate of artists who you know indulge in certain vices because the pressures that you face and that mm. scrutiny that's put upon your life and the ownership over your life that certain audiences mm-hmm. feel they're entitled to. Totally. It's crazy, man. Like, yeah. I, I, I don't blame or, you know, I can understand why certain creatives will resort to certain mm. substances to medicate mm. the pain away, the, you know, the fear, the anxiety. Um, so to get through it and to be, you know, they were saying, you know, to be Tony Bennett or David Attenborough or Gary Newman, to be doing what you love and you've done it for decades mm. and you're still healthy, you know, you're still intact. Crazy. Crazy. That's something to aspire to. And I think when you're younger, you just see, you know, whoever's like the, you know, the the person at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, can you be that person in five, 10, 20, 30 years? Oh, yeah, longevity. And, yeah. and, and really, it does come down to health. Yeah, you so know much. What I mean? So much, so uh, much. Which is why I've got honey in my tea and not sugar. Yeah. And, that's, and it's, it's mint tea, no caffeine. <laughs> are you a... Uh, are you a um, <laughs> Are you a New Year's resolution kind of guy in that respect? You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna like do this. For uh, not really. I just try and be consistent. I mean, I'm, I have many flaws as a human being, but I think one of my strengths is I'm a very consistent person. I'm a very disciplined person. I think mm. yeah, I owe a lot of that to my mum. Like she instilled those habits in in me from young. That's cold. Yeah. Um. So you know those working habits mm. that I learned as a child, as a teen, you know, I apply to this day. Um, so yeah, it's not necessarily a case of like it's twenty twenty now. Now I'll try and just continue doing what I was doing, but just you know, up it more you know, in incremental gains. Yeah. aggregate so. No, I get it. But again, for other people, that method was. It's funny because I have a friend who's a poet, JJ Bowler, writer as well. You get what you mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And he was putting up a, a tweet, and he was talking about um, you know, different people's working methodologies mm-hmm. and how some people, you know, will leave it till late before the deadline to you know complete mm-hmm. the work but somehow they thrive off that stress. And I was like, not to belittle it, because I know that works for so many mm. people, but I cannot compute why you would do that to yourself. Like, I've never been in that situation in my life. I just like to do a little bit on a daily basis. Explain that again. So what's it saying? In- so, you know, I mean, it could be like a university deadline. And you've got an album to hand in or a yeah. photo shoot to do or something, but you've left it late. Some people thrive off the stress, the energy, the pressure. Like it, it forces their hand. Like right, I've only got four hours to do this. Right, yeah, bang it out, whatever me. it is. I mean, I, there is a bit of that in me where mm-hmm. I'm like, there, there's something that gears me. I, you know, if someone said, "Oh, you got a month to do that," Mm-mm. I wouldn't be jumping in it at the start of the, the, on the first. But uh, that whole idea of, like you say, leaving it to the eleventh hour, yeah, yeah. just because it feels good. That's just fucked. Yeah. Do you know what it is? I've realized for me, I feel that sense that people feel at the 11th hour, I feel that every day, not in a negative way in the, terms agreed. of like, I feel stressed. It's just agreed. like that sense of urgency yeah. and immediacy. It's like for me, I'm always looking for it. So if there's a five minute window and I can do something that's going to within it, yep. bring me for nearer real. to my long term goals, I will do it. Dude, I'm exactly the fucking same. I was worried there for a second when you were talking about the angst of like leaving things to the last minute. Yeah. Now, when you said that, I'm like, yo, I. That's just, you know, <laughs> in my head, I'm thinking to myself, well, what else am I going to do anyway? Mm-hmm. Like, I've got to be working. What yeah, but it's your passion, isn't yeah. it? So, and when it's your passion, in a way, it ceases to feel like arduous. What you have, as I said earlier, 
you work hard, but it doesn't feel like hard work. Yeah. You're doing what you love, you know? So, yeah. um, yeah, like it's for me, seen in 2020, like on, on my Mac, like designing a video, mm. designing a cover, like for me, it's like, yeah, this is getting me nearer to my yeah. world. I'd much rather be doing this than anything else, to be honest. And this is the thing, like, I mean, I'm, I'm harking to maybe some like, atomic habits kind mm, of thing, mm. but, but like, I'm a man of like goals. Like, yeah, yeah. I like to have goals. And there was a time where I would, I, I would hit those goals, and then all of a sudden it would just be like, all of a sudden the wheels would start getting mm. a little bit. What is in? What do you do next? That's yeah, I've read of a similar phenomenon amongst uh, Olympic athletes. Really? Yeah, it's very common actually. There's some uh, research done on it. How there's this prevalent. Um, prevalence of athletes winning gold medals at the olympics and then experiencing depression because they've spent the whole life five ten years building to this moment yeah, yeah. and it's like what do i do now, now? Where? where do i go so now you can understand well there is a great snapshot of like where the the logical decision would be well i've got nothing to live for now so mm-hmm. uh, yeah yeah pull the trigger. yeah completely I, I, even uh, there's a but i did a tour a few years ago with uh like an american comedian actually so it was a let's say a multidisciplinary tour people with different <laughs> um so yeah and you know he's you know experienced comedian and whatnot but also he ran a business on the side in terms of supporting professional football players american football players in their transition from the nfl to civilian life wow because wow. again same thing he'd found that there's a lot of incidences of mental health substance abuse even you know suicide mm-hmm. um so it helped them to become financially literate because obviously they're dealing with huge amounts of money so it's schooling them right how do we invest that so that you're prepared when your finite career as an athlete does come to an end 10 15 years mm-hmm. that you're ready for the next step Another sign I'm talking about. That's them. incredible. Yeah. Guys, it's, yeah, no, I was going to say another example of that. Uh, I'm acquainted with uh, Andre Harriet, who was in Damage, the R&B group from the early 2000s. Yeah, of course, yeah. Big up Damage as well. Yeah. Come on, legend romance, come on. Dead legends in the game. Uh, he's someone that is doing incredible work in resistance. so in terms of supporting young people, getting them out of gang culture, knife crime. And he went back to education after um yeah yeah, after the band had sort of you know i mean they still perform now like reunion tours or that sort of like you know uh, legacy artists Mm. um he's yeah he runs his own business now in terms of supporting young people mentoring or that side of thing so just imagine like and i interviewed him once for 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 a project um afropean amazing Mm. uh multimedia platform check him out and but yeah he was just talking about how they wound down the operation have been like you know a pop band and then dealing with the aftermath of that and then finding new careers. So I think one of his uh, compadres in the band is now a professional chef, uh, the chap that's married to um, Baby Spice. Mm. I forgot his name. Is it Jade? It's, I think yeah, he's Jade. called. Yeah, yeah. Jade. Is it Jade Jones? Forgive me if I forget his name, but yeah. So it's just <clears throat> incredible to see what people do after mm. you know the thing that they're maybe most um, famous for. There's even a book called No More Worlds to Conquer, actually. I need to read it, which, oh, again... Wow, bro, there's a book for everything. In yeah, this sorry, I'm a big book Yeah, geek. no, but this is... Because I was just thinking as you were saying, I mean, it sounds like a... To some people, it's a high-class problem. Mm. You know, the whole idea of, like, being successful and then what? Yeah, yeah. But um, it sounds a bit dramatic, but do you think that there is a P- PTSD? Yeah, yeah, right? definitely, definitely, definitely. I mean, yeah. No, I just reflect upon it all the time, man. Like, human beings, we're fragile creatures. It's a fuck. You know what I mean? And, like, how do people get through life intact? Mm. It's just, it's incredible. Well, walls and things that you, you, and expectations and things that you actually put in your own mind. Mm. These aren't mm. things that you're born with. You no, know what no, I mean? Completely, completely. Like, I mean, the, 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 the idea of living itself is like a, a crazy idea. You oh, know, don't get me started. <laughs> you're going to really space me out for the you evening. You know what I mean? Like, the, the levels on that. But, yeah. but, yeah, just like silly things, that, you know, first world problems. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Madness. Definitely, definitely. Um, and I guess all you can do is appreciate the blessings that you've got and just, you know. It's funny because um, sometimes you can, you know, I think as optimists, you're always looking forward to the future, but also sometimes you can have, if you've achieved certain milestones in life, mm. you might have a tendency to look back to mm. the past. As Kylo Ren says in Star Wars, kill the past. Well, don't kill it, but I remember um, mm. in October, I was just prepping for my album launch. I was doing some rehearsals with my DJ. He's based in Camden. 
and I lived in Camden. DJ? At, uh, DJ Treezus. <laughs> um, so I used <laughs> I to, it. yeah, I used to live with him in Camden at sort of like the height of the UK hip hop, you know, Kung Fu, sort yeah. of era, HFM, all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so it was very nostalgic for me because I was sort of going back down memory lane to quote Minnie Ripton and sort of like rehearsing with him. Like he used to be, because I had a bit of a, a hiatus from the music game and stuff. So coming back, going to his pad, he's still sort of in the same area, although I upgraded his pad and we were rehearsing. And then you know, I left, took some, uh, went to the West End. I was like, oh gosh, this is all nostalgia. This is the exact route I used to take to go to like Mr. Bongo's or that yeah, sort yeah, of thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Going Good past feelings. like one extra, all that sort of thing. So it was yeah. bringing back all these memories. Um, <laughs> and I was going to the West End because I was actually recording at Sony Studios with another producer I'm working with. And on route, I bumped into uh, Ashley Walters. Um, oh mate this is just like you're, you're just like having sparks yeah, yeah. throughout your whole mad. day so I was like dude I was like I was just watching you a few hours ago on Top Boy <laughs> you yeah, know yeah. what I mean this is so mad and that whole day I was just like yeah it's been really beautiful like making that following that that trajectory that route from Camden to the West End and hitting those landmarks and milestones but I was like the Empire I was going to do some recording at Sony I was like this is like new experiences I'm creating. So although the past is nice and I have those fond memories, I'm trying to live in the moment. <gasps> Do you know that, what I mean? So you were live, you were walking through your past, yeah, to get to the new thing, yeah, exactly, I and mean, making new like... memories and moments. So yeah, it was, it was a really poignant moment, man. It's very poetic. That's yeah. like some shit because it's a very warm and cozy place. Is nostalgia? Mm, mm. It's the nicest. But there's an air risk in what you're Oh, doing. yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think as well, mm. making music, and if I was to be slightly brutal, I think what perhaps, perhaps a more eloquent, intelligent individuals than myself can make the diagnosis, perhaps one of the shortcomings of the initial UK hip-hop sort of musical movement was there was a nostalgic element to it in terms of recreating New York 1994. Mm, yeah. But it could be argued that you know, that was the artists, sort of some of their influences. It's what they knew they were working with, the technology had, the limited infrastructure they had mm. at the time predating social media. Um, so I think... It did feel... but it Right, okay. Here comes Spice Alert, all right? <laughs> but it did feel... Um, actually, let me rewind. It was a beautiful epoch, me, don't get me, me wrong. Let me rewind this back a yeah. bit so I get my, my, my bearings on what I'm going to say because... It was. It wasn't as progressive as the American scene. It never was going to be mm. because of the. It, that's the birthplace. That's what you know. They're on the cusp of something. Yeah. You know, Hot ninety sevens playing in the yeah, in, yeah, in the street in New York. You know, and you know you hear Beat Nuts tune. It, it's just gonna bang. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And you know, there's, there's just, there would just never be anybody comparable at the time because there was no technology that mm. there is now. Yeah. Um, but then comes. The likes of yourself. Mm -hmm. um, and, right, dare I say it, but if the bar is low enough and your level of attendance is it surpasses, mm. then that gives you a wider playing field mm, to, that's really interesting. to do yourself a better... Yeah, just, yeah. You're working within a... You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, the, that's The really limbo bar is low. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you're reaching and you're already, you're, you know, you're... You're, you're more advanced, mm, say, mm, so mm. it's right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not saying that anything, but you know, the, the, the cream rises to the top. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And also, sometimes it can take time for uh, you know audiences to catch up, you know, for the market to acknowledge the genius or to mm. recognize it. Yeah. We're talking about Van Gogh, you know, yes, it took yeah. a certain amount of years. Even I was reading, uh, I think, um, Herman Melville, who wrote Moby Dick. You know, at the time of writing, um, after he released that book, he was sort of largely forgotten for a number of years. He sort of fell out of favor and mm -hmm. then basically became popular again. I mean, you could cite that for so many like musicians, artists, uh, writers throughout history. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's a common thing, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So it doesn't take away from the quality of the work. It's just sometimes audiences aren't ready for it. And I remember in, in yeah. you know, the UK hip hop days, I was always saying we're about 15 years behind America. And I think I look at where. Uh, you know, British rap music. I'm not going to use urban because that's a bit of a euphemism, but you know, British mm. rap music is now. Stormzy's going on uh, Jimmy Fallon next week, isn't it? That's crazy. 
And it's just like, you know, that would be just incomprehensible five years ago, never mind Can 10, 15 years ago. Like, that far, I mean, and that's where my pride kicks in. I'm like, it's like a human ladder <laughs> of, of like ranging from Mike Skinner prior to that jest, Mm-mm. yourself, the skinny mans, the, the drum and basses, the, the, Skibbities, the, the the these components that then inspired like roll deep. And yeah, then, yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, and slowly but surely, the organism of UK dance music and and just it's just such a awesome thing. Ah, it's great. It's great, yeah. man. It's just I'm really, really happy for uh, to see anyone doing what I'm. Mm. Someone that loves to see people succeed, and if I can help people on their journey. I will do it, you know mm. what I mean? I'm not one of these people that's like, you know, I'm very guarded and is going to like hold information. Like I'm going to be the sole custodian. <laughs> and, like, share it, man. We grow collectively, you yeah. know? Um, For real. But yeah, I mean, I think yeah, what Stormzy's achieved has been magnificent, man. Mm. And um, yeah, he's a really sweet, humble dude as well. And man. Like, I met him of that. Couple, yeah, no, completely. That. Yeah. That. And he showed me love as well for my artistry a couple of years ago as Amazing. well. So. Yeah. Like that's been one of my highlights to yeah. get love from him, you know. I mean, um, and again, just in terms of support for the Grenfell community, him and Adele, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's it's great to see. Adele you know is I mean? a silent fucking swinger, man. She incredible, kills man. It. Incredible. She, what she's know, accomplished. She, she, they, like some of the, you know, the, the real, real bad boys move in silence, and it's true. Mm, it's like mm. you don't need to be pumping your shit to no no people. definitely mm. man i mean and she's just so technically accomplished as well um scary scarily so yeah um mm. I, don't, I for me i just will take inspiration from any sort where i see that excellence whatever discipline if it's mm. different never mind just a different genre music, like i was citing examples from sport or literature if i can extract lessons from these individuals that will help me better my own performance and practice mm. i'll do it and uh, i think it's just key is having that open mind and you know, never thinking that you're the complete package. There's mm. always something that you could improve upon. Just stay humble, man. Mm. Like there's always there's always room for growth and development. Mm. So, yeah, man. I love it. <laughs> Me too. That's why I do it, man. Yeah, it's yeah. a it's a it's a real tapestry of um of ideas you come brought to the podcast. Ah, I'm like, thank you, thank you. Oh. No, I've really enjoyed you know talking about these things because I think often when you do interviews there can be a certain approach that people do. And I, in a way, prefer these more sort of free-flowing stream yeah. of consciousness where yeah. I can just throw in all these ideas that I've built up over the years and frames of references. So these are the conversations I enjoy the yeah. most. So thank you for facilitating Bro, them. I, would, I was going to go down the cul-de-sac of, so what you got coming up? But I kind of don't want you to tell us for two reasons. One, I just feel like our conversation has been extremely evergreen. Yeah, yeah, it's been organic. And secondly... I want you to come back. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm here, bro. I so let's it. do a second. We yeah, have to, can we do a part two? Yeah, love to thousand percent. Love to, love let's do a part two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's the part one, all right? We're doing part two. We have to. That'd be an honor and privilege. And we're just like, hold tight. Let's just do, to see how many times we can do this yeah, shit. Because yeah, I just I'm feel done. like these are, you've got so much intel. You know what I mean? <laughs> so much info. You know, so much. We try, man. We try. We you try. know what I mean? And yeah. I think, um, I think for all of your um, output, I think, I mean, yeah, you're fucking built for podcast. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've, I've thought about that a lot. You know, quite a few people have said to me, you should do podcasts. And at the moment, I just don't have the time. But I, I think inevitably I will have to do it at some yeah. point. But if you come out here, yeah, we're yeah. not quite out like once a month or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm and then that. it's easy. You leave yeah, it yeah. with me to like... Yeah. Leave the harbour to this guy. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but honestly, thank you so much, Puzzle. Insightful. You, nah, it's been a pleasure, man. I've really enjoyed it. Man. Really enjoyed it. And hold tight to Leakin as well, man, for holding it down. Thank and you ever it, so much. Keeping it moving, man. We got here. We cool, got man. here. Good stuff. Thank you, bro. Ladies and gentlemen, you won't be the last time you see him. Tommy Evans inside the place. Or if you're in an audio world, man, go check his tunes out too. Thank you so much. Killer Care Podcast, don't forget to subscribe. Do not sleep, I repeat. Do not sleep on this repeat. Don't sleep. Go check it out, all right? Stay lucky, people. Peace. AG Dentistry. In my line of work, not only does what I do with the mouth get reviewed, it's also my instrument. And it's beyond important to me that my teeth get the professional service they deserve. 
The AG family provide expert dentistry, whether it's NHS or cosmetic. They're the finest in London. Head over to agdentistry.co.uk for more information on treatments and prices. AG Dentistry.